What's happening, everybody? On today's Locked On SEC, Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast will join us. We'll jump into the deepest, darkest questions you want answered ahead of SEC Media Days. We'll also discuss what questions you want to see the coaches answer next week in Atlanta. And we'll jump into some of the latest news going on around the conference. Locked On SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered throughout the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. All right, let's waste no more time. Let's bring in our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast previewing a little bit of what we are going to see next week at SEC Media Days. Marler, welcome in. What's up, dudes? Yeah, it's been a while. You got all big time on me. I haven't been back. Now you got this whole bobblehead collection. You're famous. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. For those who are listening on the podcast version, go over to YouTube and search Locked on SEC. You can see what he's talking about and see the video version of the show. But, Marler, uh, a lot of fun stuff going to happen next week in Atlanta, the SEC Media Days. It's so much going on. So I wanted to kind of start here first with you on all the coaches. We know all the coaches that are going to be at the SEC Media Days. Give me a question or two that you would like to see the coaches uh, have to answer. And I'll just give you one from the get-go here, a serious one at least. And, and it's one that I'm really intrigued by. Which scheduling module do you prefer with the, yeah. this, the league moving forward? Like we know Texas and Oklahoma are coming. We think 2025, could be 2024, maybe 2023. It's, it's going to happen sometime. Right. But, you know, the bigger question is, you know, like, how did, how did the, what do the coaches want to see? And I'll, and I'll throw this in. Like, I think the, the Kentuckys, the South Carolinas, the Vanderbilts, like, they will probably want to keep, you know, state of eight SEC, you know, games and keep the four non-conference because they know I get the right. six wins. I'm not going to get fired. We're going to a bowl game and so on and so forth. But I'm curious to see what, what coaches will have to say on that. Yeah, I mean, and you know me well enough to know that, like, there's – very little part of me that likes to be serious unless I'm doing like a, some stat deep dive that seven people will read on, on Twitter or on Instagram. Right. Um, but no, I, media day is always my favorite because it, it's like, it's so much fun. It feels like it's a kickoff of the year. Right. And for the most part, it's just four days of coach speak. And then, you know, for me sweating profusely in a dry fit shirt, hoping no one sees it and then trying to sneak, you know, Chick-fil-A snacks in between interviews. But it's also a lot of fun because it's like it's like everyone in our industry is there, and it's and we all do this right because we love college football, and it, it feels like it's like the start of the year. I tell you what's funny is how wrong we are every single year at picking the winners. It's like, oh yeah, I think they've only got seven in like twenty nine years, something like that. Correct? It's, it's terrible. Well, um, it's kind of, the last decade. It's kind of been the default's been Bama, and then when you try to go yeah. out on a limb and go with somebody else, Bama wins it, and then when you pick Bama. It's like a year they don't win it, but they still get in the playoff. I don't know. It's it's right. weird. I, I only brought that up because I wanted to hear you say all of that. So <laughs> um, no, but like I think I think if if you were talking about like the truth serum level here, right? They have to answer this honestly. Yeah, uh, there'd, there'd be very little to do with like serious uh, speculation in, in like the future. I would want to know 
exactly what Kirby thinks if if Bama um, was impacted by the injuries in that second <laughs> or that second game, and that's the title game. Um, you know what I'd like to hear is an honest answer on how much more difficult their jobs are, not just because the NIL, but just like the way like head coaching in college football is now, because the the it it doesn't seem like it's something really sustainable, and it obviously is. And no one's going to feel bad for a multimillionaire coach that you know like is making tens of million dollars to coach kids in a game. But my God, they just keep making it it's so much more difficult on these guys for what they're responsible for in terms of you know when the recruiting cycle has changed and now they have the NIL stuff to deal with, which is very difficult to regulate and uh, you know and, and talk about expanding conferences and the playoff and all that kind of stuff. It just seems like a lot. There's so many changes that are happening to the sport, and the sole reason for them is pretty much just money. And so the the people that's impacting for the most part. Um, like the fans, like, you know, some of the players, it, it seems positive, but I wonder how long they can, they can sustain some of those. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say, I wanna know is, go ahead. I, I was going to say, it's, it's almost like we should have done this segment, what they're probably going to say and what we'd want them yeah. to say. Like, cause if you ask and like Nick Saban about NIL, he's probably going to go, well, I think it's great. You know, the, the opportunities it's created for our student yeah. athletes to make some money. What do you really want to say? Jesus, it's a nightmare. I mean, we can't, this is, this is, you know, having to deal with this, it's going to force me into an early retirement. Thanks. Peace out. (laughs) I, you know, I really, I do think, I think that like the NIL stuff, everyone, I think everyone for the most part wanted to see these kids get some sort of, you know, like, and I don't say justice, but like what they deserve and because the amount of money they're bringing in, but my God, it's the wild, wild west right now. Just, it's, it's, it's been very, very, it's tough to cover the transfer portal alone. Like, there's days I wake up I'm like, I don't think I can do this job. I, I have no idea what's happening in college football right now. Well, I, um, I had, we but, had Phil Steele on last week, and I'm like, how does he even do it? Like, he even told me straight up, he's like, you know, this was the, the latest we've, you know, one of the latest times we put it out. And I'm like, how do you put that out? The minute you put it out, there's two other kids are hitting the transfer portal and going elsewhere. Yeah. And it's like the, the magazine's r- wrong information at that point. I hope you rubbed that, that in, too, like, and really drove that point home. Like, because one thing about Phil Steele is he barely puts in any hard work into that <laughs> magazine. Uh, so I got mine last night, by the way. Side note, I took my girlfriend. Like, I was like, I was like, you, this is a really big day. This is, like, the biggest day of the offseason. I'm getting my Phil Steele magazine. And I open it up, and, like, the print is smaller and smaller every year. I don't know how he gets all that information there, but it's awesome. Um, I say the other question I would want to genuinely know for fun, um, I, wanted, I would like to know what Jimbo and, and Saban said. Uh, I, I want to know what Saban really thinks about Jimbo's reaction because he's being like Jimbo is acting like a total asshole and a child. And I think that Saban, if you had to be honest, would probably say that. The other thing I want to know is what Brian Harson wants to say to the boosters at Auburn and what some of the things were said behind the scenes because that is, was it's we're far enough removed from it so people kind of forgot. But my God, that was entertaining and probably is going to you know ramp back up again during the season. Yeah, I would say Harson would say a few things. He would say, uh, "Take that, Yellowwood, like Mister Yellowwood. I'm uh, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere." Uh, yeah. Number two, he would probably go, "Hey, that chick's pretty hot, right? Works for me." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and three, like he's probably like, "Look, you guys told me I needed to hire Mike Bobo and Derek Mason. Look, now I got my guys. So shut up, stay yeah. out of it. These are my guys, my coordinators. Let me coach, and we'll see if it works." So dumb. But uh, some of the stuff that we heard about that was just crazy. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. One one other thing, I to your point on the NIL stuff, I would like this is, and again, I hate to get too serious, but what kind of NIL guidelines would you like to see in place? That's what I want to mm-hmm. ask the coaches because, like, you know, you can't ask. They're going to give the corporate answers about you know, what do you think on NIL? Well, I think it's great. Blah blah. blah. No, yeah. what what guidelines would you like to see in place? Because Saban's already said that twice. 
Like, we need right. some guidelines. We need something. I'm curious to hear what each individual coach says on what should the guidelines be. You know, should there be well, a cap? Should there be a window that you can't sign NIL deals or what? Like, some way to at least wrap it, get your hands around it a little bit because there is no getting your hands around it right now. And now they have agents and stuff like that. And it's just the whole thing is, and you know how this all ends up happening is it trickles down and affects so many other things. And we talked about it a bunch this week on the pod because I, I, I just think you're going to see a lot of other changes that start to make because of money's involved. Like, you know, like just you, there's six five star quarterbacks in this class, Chris. Right. Six. <laughs> there's never been more than three in the last like decade. So, um, I, you know, it's all that kind of stuff's really interesting. But I, I think you're right. I think that, uh, like, when Saban, I, I think that if you look at, programs like in how they're built Kirby is probably the one most people would say could potentially have like a run like say because he's young right he's got like a lot of he's got so much more time left I don't how do you have how do you work at this pace for 30 more years I can barely do it today I woke up at 11 a.m. <laughs> All right, hold that thought. I got another thing I want to throw at you for Media Days. Uh, Chris Marler, uh, more with him in just a second. But first, I want to remind you about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including uh, Major League Baseball lines, all the golf stuff, all the boxing, MMA. But they also got you covered for college football. They got uh, over-unders for all the teams in the SEC next year. Heisman odds, that's a big one out there right now. You can get some pretty good odds on some of the guys in the SEC not named Will Anderson or Bryce Young, but uh, all of that is up there for you at BetOnline.net. They are the fastest and easiest way for you to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn all about the trends in action. I remind you guys, you should bookmark it on your phone. It should be the first website you check every day. See all the news and movement going on out there. BetOnline.net. They are BetOnline where the game starts. Continue our conversation with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. One more thing I wanted to throw at you, Marler, on the the NIL stuff, and I'd be really curious to see what the coaches have to say about this. Should deals be required to be publicly disclosed? Like this whole thing about you know Jimbo. I don't even know. I, I don't even know who, who has a deal. You know, I, I found out one guy's got a deal. No, what if the, What if we just agreed? And, and maybe I would say it would have to be for all of college football, not just the right. SEC, because they're not going to be like, we're not, you know, we're going to show our books and nobody else is. But like, make it where it just has to be publicly disclosed. Hey, this kid got a million dollars. Great. Congrats. Pat him on the back. Who cares? I mean, I would say no, because I don't, I just, I don't want anyone to know my real height or my credit score. So I feel for <laughs> these kids. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, um, I think that, uh, I, like, I think that would probably help. And it, because it, like, you would, I don't know what we would do with that information that that would be beneficial to everyone. I feel like we would only use that for negative things. Well, like, no, like, I think it would level the playing field from a standpoint of like if we see A and M is is A and M spending fifty million dollars on like NIL deals and Vanderbilt's got one kid at a ten thousand dollar deal. I think that would that would at least put in some measure of guide rails to say, look, we can't have the haves and the have nots, you know that big of a discrepancy. Right. No, I, I think I agree with that. I mean, um, God, what do you think Vanderbilt's thinking right now with all this expansion? <laughs> it's just like... They've got every money! Time I see something like in the news, I, I just think of that scene from the other guys when Will Ferrell's sitting there thinking he would be Vanderbilt in the situation where he's like, okay, guys, 9-15, let's have a great day. He's like, cut the, cut the shit. Like, that's that's got to be Vanderbilt. Well, I got a buddy who went to Rice, and like Rice has some of the most successful rich alums mm-hmm. out there, doctors, lawyers, CEOs, but they, their alumni just don't want to give back to the football right. program. So it's like Vandy's got 
tons and tons of rich, successful alums. It's just yeah. your your A and M's, your A and M's, your Auburn's, your Georgias. Those alums are more apt to write the check to go to the football yeah. program, right? I I do. I will say. I think I would like to see the coaches have to be honest about it because we sat here for years, like. I know that every, you know, that's a lot of these, I, I know names and numbers of people that have signed in, in some places, right? Like we all do. And, and not just like hearsay, we know like factual stuff of, of some of these kids. And, and I, don't, I never really cared about it because I thought like the secret part of like, you know, some of this under the table recruiting was always really fascinating, except for with Cam Newton. Um, so I, I wish Where's the bag, man? Like, that was the weirdest part about the Jimbo and, and saving things. Cause like, I, I I don't know why Saban was bitching about 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 A and M necessarily, and I don't know why A and M got so defensive because all of it, none of it matters anymore. Like you're allowed to do all this. Well, stuff. So I, I, the the stupid stipulation that they put in there was you cannot use uh, NIL as a as a as a purpose of stupid. recruitment. Inducement is the word. Inducement in recruiting. Okay, so like. The kid signs with A&M, and then the day after he signs, hey, he got a $20 million NIL dude. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, yeah. silly. Like, it's, Who, it's a, put that in there? Yeah, it's a stipulation, and that's why the coaches have to deny. Deny, deny, deny. That's why yeah. Jimbo's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. We never paid a kid. Oh, look, hey, all these kids have NIL deals now. Go figure. Like, that was the whole thing with the, the A&M coach doing the tour uh, with the recruits, the vi- video that went yeah. viral where he's like, hey, uh, you see these suites up here? We got plenty of uh, alumni who are going to give you money. I look at that as almost like, yeah, we're not telling you you're going to get paid right now, but if you happen to come here, if a- if one plus one equals two, when you get here, they will give you present you with marketing deals and NIL deals. So yeah. it's like, I, we just have to That's use this. That's the most thing ever. Yeah, we have, hey, just, listen, have to use this stupid deniability. Right, like we're gonna send you to Vegas, at, like for free, but you can't go if you want to gamble. <laughs> no, okay, all right, cool, awesome. You guys are the best. I'm like what? Like I just that's just, that's so peak NCAA. Well, it's more like, hey, we're gonna bring you to Vegas. Now you can't tell anybody you're gonna gamble, but once you get here, you're gonna gamble. Yeah, you know that's right. that's. We where got you a prostitute. You can't have sex there. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, man. Why do you do this? Why or you put me in this situation? Or it's like you can, but you can't tell anybody about it. Like you know, yeah. again, it, this is going on for you. That's kind of how that works, though, Gordy. That's well, exactly. <laughs> it, it kind of is what stays in Vegas. But uh, I mean, we've seen blue chips. Like this thing's gone on for mm. for decades and decades. This is nothing new. Recruits get paid. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I just feel like we need to take out the inducement stipulation and just say, yeah, hey, we're we're paying kids, sure. And like or- right. Oregon's getting these blue chippers. Like, come on. We know Phil Knight's money and the Nike money's involved here. Let's not yeah. be stupid. What is Miami selling right now? Like, Mario Cristobal, okay, seems like okay. a good coach. But, like, we know they've got these big money dudes sitting on yachts in mm-hmm. Miami writing checks. Like, let's not be stupid. That's And that's yeah, where I, I remember. Go ahead. No, just like, you know, like even A&M, we're, we're you know, we're supposed to believe that Jimbo's selling them on. Man, they came to College Station. They just fell in love with our farm-like, uh, you Boy. know, campus. You know, like, no, you they fell in love with you and, and the football program and the money. They, it was both. I it's, It was so funny to watch a fans get upset about that because, it, like, again, I just didn't understand why they were so – it was like they were like, you're basically saying – what I'm saying to us, there's like, you're just saying basically the only way a can get a, like a top recruiting class – is with money and not because of our tradition, not because of our campus, not because of our lifestyle. And I was like, you guys wear, you dress up like fake army men and do jazz hands. So no, I don't think that a bunch of 17, 18 year old kids wanted to go to college station. They didn't. And also they never did before at that level. So it's, 
I just it's weird that we're still kind of lying to ourselves about it. I, I wish they had to be like you said. Maybe they should disclose it. Um, I, I do think that what's going to ultimately happen with all this is this is going to be the ultimate equalizer in in bringing like programs that are blue bloods or close to it or that were good for a long time back into being like prominent programs like Tennessee, yeah. Miami. They are going to be top fifteen programs consistently in the, in the very near future because those are you know especially Tennessee a starved passionate fan base with deep deep pockets that you know you know they used to always recruit at national level and they're going to start doing it again yeah i think florida state i'd put in that category as well and 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 it also becomes how desperate are the fan bases look bama's fan bama Mm -hmm. has enjoyed winning their fans are are always writing checks and when you come and say hey we need more money bama fans are like look we're already paying every year and we got to travel to two different destinations for playoff games and championships but like a&m fans they haven't even gotten a taste they're like how much do you need uh, can, yeah. can you double it? Sure. Like, and they're writing the checks. It's like, we've never had that. So we want it. We'll, right. we'll pay whatever it takes. It cracks me up too. Cause it's like, I mean, in, in a lot of places like that, you know, like, like Georgia just had the facilities overhaul. Right. And it was, you know, tens of, it might've been hundreds of millions of dollars, but you go back to the A&M thing. It's so funny to, to, to kind of like talk out of both sides of the mouth about it because they'll say like, you know, we're, we're not doing that. Like we're not paying for these recruits and like, you know, we're not like, crazy desperate like any of those things like we're just we're upstanding gentlemen and we have class ratings all that kind of stuff and it's okay if you're paying for the places we're all allowed to do it but a&m also has spent 755 million dollars on athletic facilities i think maybe just for football since 2014 so let's like you know they're just as passionate and crazy as the rest of us that's why they belong in the sec so i, I think it's gonna be real interesting to see how that plays out with texas yeah oh yeah it's that's me it, it, when them and Oklahoma get in, I keep telling people, be careful what you wish for. You want expansion. Mm-hmm. It would have been nicer to expand and add Wake Forest in Virginia. You add two blue bloods, like Texas and Oklahoma, it's going to make it harder on everyone. Like, that's what I don't get. You added a blue blood and allowed Texas, like, you allowed, you allowed Texas to come here and then opened up all of, like, the things that would make Texas, like, like all the things that help Texas be good. Right. Oh, by the way, you're going to be in the best conference. You're going to make even more money, and also now we can start paying players. <laughs> like, in, in, so that whole thing, I think, is going to be interesting to see how that plays out with how deep the SEC will be. But also, college football fans love, love, and people on social media in general. I always say that it's like we're a nation of haters and just you know crap on everything. But the whole Texas isn't back thing. You better get that out while you can because they they are a thousand percent. If you think that with all that talent, they're going to still go five and seven. You're probably right, but, you know, I, I think I might go 84. Who knows? Well, Arch Manning is coming, and um, Sark, even if he, he can – he gets a pass. He can have a bad year this year. You're getting Arch, so you're not going to fire the guy I that got Arch. Uh, hold it right there, Marler. We'll get to uh, – I got some other questions about SEC Media Days in just a second, but I uh, want to remind you guys which NFL stars move the betting line the most – Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Continue our conversation with Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, I, I'm going to pose it this way. There are questions we want answered next week at SEC Media mm-hmm. Days. So I'm just going to pose the question to you and you give me your answer. Uh, first and foremost, who is the third best team in the SEC, assuming Georgia and Alabama are one and two? Oh, that's good. Um, I like my 
my fear is is it's going to be A and M just because the influx of talent, especially on like defensive line and games as cliche as is, are always one on the opposite defensive line. Um, so I wonder how that looks. It's not Kentucky. I, I don't understand why we're doing this. It's like I would love it. For, I I would love for that to be a thing. I really would. I love Mark Soups and I, I you know they're like they're like a, a, a more likable. They're like JV or Church Camp LSU for 2019. Like no one's pulling against Kentucky, right? Like, like at all. Um, I I just think Tennessee with what they did in year one. People like. It's, it's one thing to have success in the first year as a coach. I remember saying this for the season. People thought I was making a joke, and I wasn't. Hypo should have t- like tanked a couple of games and not set the bar high for himself because that fan base is going to you know be rabid about it. But for what he was able to accomplish in year one, and you know with that, people forget they had over 34 people leave the program in the offseason in the transfer portal. God, those uniforms are awful. So in year two, with with... I think probably the most overlooked and or not overlooked, but the most underrated quarterback in the country with Hendon Hooker, he's finally starting to get like you know the the props he deserves. His numbers were so great last year, and he didn't even play the full season because for whatever reason Joe Milton was a thing. I, I, I think Tennessee will be, I think Tennessee will be the third best team in the conference. Um, I you know it'd be hard for me to believe their defense won't be improved, but um, yeah, I, I just I, I think. It could be a year where they finally knock off a Georgia or Alabama. That year's coming, like you know, pretty soon. Yeah, just a few things on that. A and M, we'd be much. I think they'd be the clear lock at three if they mm-hmm. had a quarterback come. You know, like if Haynes King plays all last year and looks good, and he's coming back and he's the absolutely the starter. Then I think we feel a little bit better about him. I don't know if Max right. Johnson's gonna win that job or not. Johnson we'll seems more of a Jimbo type guy, right? A good game manager, but like. Hetty makes some good plays, did so at LSU last year. I think Will Levis has a real chance. Like, And look, I'm being fully honest here. We had Hendon Hooker and Will Levis on the show just two weeks yep. ago. Both great kids, both rooting for him. I think there is a chance Will Levis has that Joe Burrow-like leap. Now, understand, Joe Burrow in 2019 had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Yeah, who he were, had fortune. Who are already like two of the top five quarterbacks in the, yeah. in, in the NFL right now, or wide receivers. But... Like, I think he could have, like, that first Burrow year at LSU, we went, ah, pretty good. Let's see what else mm-hmm. he could do. That's kind of where we are with Will Levis last year was, ah, pretty good. Can he take that next step? He's got Travion Robinson coming in from Virginia Tech. We'll see. I don't know if he's Jamar Chase-like, but, like, there's a chance there. Is he going to be Wondell Robinson-like? What worries yeah. me about that is, and I, I, I want that to be a thing. It's like, and if they get to the combine and, and he's still up, you know, in contention for potentially being the number one of our draft pick, Make no mistake about it. He will look better in that setting at the combine than Bryce Young ever will. He has, his release, his arm, all that stuff is, is wildly impressive. But losing three offensive linemen, they're really, really good offensive linemen. I don't know if they're deep enough to like reload there. Um, that's I mean, and also the burrow jump. That's such a good point because it's the it's the the comparison is perfect in terms of LSU ranked 13th or 14th in the conference for like I think it was nine straight years in terms of uh, like. A touchdown passes thrown from the quarterbacks. We, like nine straight years, they were they were last or second to last. And then Thanks, Burrow, Les Miles. The all time record. Yeah, but you know we saw Terry Wilson, great dude, loved loved having you know having him on the podcast. It was that offense was tough to watch. So I mean, if they did make the jump, it's you know I'll tip of the cap to you. That'd be a great comparison. Yeah, I mean they had to throw Lynn Bowden at quarterback at one point. That's how bad things got. Uh, yeah. This leads me to my next question. Which coach is most on the hot seat this year? I think it's pretty easy. I mean, I'll say Harson. I think, is 
if they, if he doesn't turn things around quickly, things are going to go south. I think Eli Drinkwitz, if he has a disappointing yeah. year at Mizzou, I think he could be the odd man out. But outside of those two, I mean, Napier and Brian Kelly are both new. Like, it feels like everybody else is kind of saying, like, I can't see Mississippi State wanting to fire Mike Leach, anything barring him going 5-7 and seven or something disappointing. But, like, like, I feel like everybody else is pretty safe, right? I think the Osmond Vandy fired Clark Lee in like week three. Like we're not going to stand for this kind of shit in our program. Like we don't accept mediocrity. Um, no, I think Drinkwitz is a really good point because we expected so much more out of him in year two. Um, and I don't know if that was fair or not, but it's you know it definitely did happen. Um, I hope it doesn't happen because he's so charismatic and great. Um, the the who who just I mean Brian Kelly. Somebody died at one of his practices, and he's coached fucking another eleven years. Like hey, he's like he's fine. He's gonna on. be fine. No, Harson, um, Harson. Really it's Harson, right? No, no, I don't. I, I don't think it is. I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I really do. Um, because here's the thing: if you saw how this unfolded, Auburn fans, like the whole country, was making fun of Auburn because this is what they do best. Like, like as somebody that grew up watching that rivalry, Auburn, it was it's so fascinating because they don't have a history of like some you know these dominant stretches or like a, a ton of national championships. They've had some really good years, but it's this weird like. It's almost like the like the Florida Marlins were like in the '90s. Like it's like you have this like incredible team, and then all of a sudden fire sale. We have to we go like down to the shitter. We're in last place, and and then a couple of years later we'll we'll have like you know lightning in a bottle. Brian Harson, I think, is a good coach. I, I think the way he goes about stuff might be like ruffled some feathers, but I think for the most part the the fans are kind of tired of all the booster shit at Auburn because them running everything and some of the stuff you heard like. I mean, you had boosters that were meeting with Napier and his and his agent and telling them who he needed to keep on staff and hire once he was hired at Auburn. And then they would hear back from the agent. He's like, we haven't been contacted by Auburn. We, like, it, that's the level of, like, going rogue and, and, and kind of entitlement they had. I think Harson is going to have a, a better year. It's, it, I mean, listen, it's hard not to have a worse close of the season. You, you blew four fourth-quarter leads by double digits. There's so many things that could have easily happened, gone differently. We're we're talking about eight and four, and and you know just as well as I do when Auburn is like down. You know, we've Gene Chizik, <laughs> year two, he won a national title, and yeah. it's just it's kind of fascinating looking at the history of some of these coaches, and and every single coach since I think the since Chuck Jordan at Auburn has won at least the division title and played for a conference and or national title by year three. And almost all of them did it in year two. I'll give you a hot take. Think about that. If Zach Calzada is the quarterback for Auburn, I think he will be. I think he has a chance to be better than Bo Nix. I said it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, Finley, I love TJ Finley. I saw him in high school. He looked yeah. the part, was great at Ponchatoula. But, man, it's just – it's like that freshman year at LSU, he was pretty good, and then it's like kind of just gone downhill since. So. Can I'm I say this? That it's inappropriate, but I'm going to say it. I, I called him um, Black Mettenberger because he has the arm strength of, like, like his arm is it's a cannon. He's yeah. incredible. The tall, stays in the pocket. He is not mobile, man. No. It's very similar to, to, to Zach Mettenberger. He's a so little bit. A really good reference. I mean, Jamarcus Russell, somebody had brought up because he was so tall yep. in, in high school coming out, and it was like, man, he just looked the part, and he – you know, grew. You were like, he's going to grow into this arm, and just the accuracy last year at Auburn. It was just, and I know he was thrown into the yeah. fire, but man, it was, it was not great. All right, let's get to our last one for you, Marler. The uh, 
attendees for the SEC Media Days. First off, it's great we're getting back to the three players from each school because I know we had COVID and then we had last year. They were like, oh, let's just do two. We get back to the three players from each school. Give me a guy or two from the entire list of schools. I know it's a lot, but give me a guy or two you think has a chance to stand out, be a superstar next week in Media Days. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, um, potentially, if, uh, I think that could be a thing. Stetson Bennett, it's, it, it's really hard not to like him. And, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's funny how the whole story has changed from, from him being the scapegoat for two full years of that entire fan base and program to now being this, like, legend. It's like, yeah, they should build a statue. Wait, wait, but isn't it, just- isn't it weird that at this point the only people who dislike Stetson Bennett are Georgia fans? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's – like what cracks me up is not all of them. Twitter, no, not all of them. But if you look on Twitter, you'll see constantly from Georgia fans. It's like all I heard was they had a Heisman Trophy winner, and we couldn't do this, and we couldn't do that, and Stetson couldn't do this. I'm like, yeah, you heard all that from your own fan base. Like this wasn't like the, the whole country against you guys. Like right. Anyway, so I think Stetson can be good. I I kind of hope he comes out with just like a Joe Burrow level swag of like I don't give a single blank. Like I hope, I hope we see like post Natty Stetson, like chugging like you know the the pappy from the bottle, um, and we'll see how that goes. I think Anthony Richardson is like I don't know if he's like, super charismatic, but I think he is a um, he's a such a unique talent that he could really make a name for himself. Will Levis is another one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's if he's like like gonna be loved by everyone because he's so in, you know charismatic and is an attractive quarterback and talented or if he's just fucking weird excuse my language but like the mayonnaise and the coffee thing is just i, I can't get behind <laughs> that um i do want to ask bumper pool how many degrees he has right by now because he's been in college since <laughs> 1978 yeah ni- nice. And the last one man will anderson is i don't I, I don't know he scares me the way he talks at the podium like he looks like it's like he gets taller somehow yeah and but he's gonna say something and, and he's not even going to try to be funny when he says it, but it's going to be very, very – he's going to have, like, I think probably the quote of the week at some point, and it'll be something like, I don't know. Yeah, I love playing football because, you know, I like I like hurting people. Like, he said it like two weeks ago. He's like, <laughs> you get to hurt people and you don't get in trouble. Like, he's just – he's a menace, man. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of dark horses to keep an eye on. DK Joyner uh, from South Carolina, we had him on the yeah. show. That, that The dude cried after he won the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Like, that, that – that well, You see he cried on the show. Well, no, but he was like, I mean, the, the dude, cr- the dude won the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and he cried yeah. tears. Like you couldn't help but root for that dude. I think Hendon Hooker, people are going to fall in love with him. Another guy, Jack Besh, wide receiver from LSU, yeah. tight end, moved to wide receiver. He says all the right things. He is a prototypical Brian Kelly offensive weapon. Like this dude's probably he's probably going to lead the SEC in in receptions this year. I know they have Keyshawn Boutte, really? and by the way, Boutte just uh, was announced he's getting number seven for LSU, so that's a big deal for him. Love it. But Besh is like the ultimate safety valve, and uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna be a leader for LSU. DeAndre Square we had on uh, before in the past, and he's really, really going to be good at Auburn. Uh, I mean, at Kentucky. I want to hear from Tank Bigsby. I think he has a chance also to, to to grab a lot of headlines. And and in my mind, he should be the best running back in the SEC this year. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to give him a run for the for his yeah. money. But I think, like, when it's all said and done, what's Auburn's strength? Run the freaking football. Tank Bigsby should lead the SEC in rushing this year. And again, this is why I say that I think Auburn's going to be, you know, I don't know if they're going to be dangerous like they have in the years past and like threaten for like a, a run to the natty. But Tank Bigsby stays in bounds. 
you don't you don't run a play action pass against South Carolina. Like I mean, you're again you're talking about a New Year's Day bowl and yeah. maybe going nine and three or eight and four instead of having to ride your bikes, you know, to your bowl game in, in Birmingham. <laughs> so I just I, it, it'll be interesting for sure. He is Chris Marler, the uh, College Football Uncensored podcast. Uh, let everybody know what you guys got going on up there. Um, <laughs> we got so we're just getting ready for the season. We're going to start doing some, um, you know, team specific uh, deep dives and, and all that kind of stuff, and um, and just start really getting ready. Uh, I guess you know after media days and, and ramping up all the content. So we'll probably jump up to like two episodes a week. But it's it's a lot of fun. I, I'm biased, but if you love if you love talking about college football and you know anything else under the sun like involvement, like this week we talk about Morgan, Mormon sex scandals because of Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> We we cover it all. So if you love Pokemon and you don't like the bleep button, we're the place for you. Yeah, we'll be get we'll be doing more of the bread and butter serious stuff. Should the SEC expand, we'll be jumping into that, and you guys will be talking about, yeah. uh, you know, which uh, who's the hottest assistant in SEC office this year. First off, can... that is not even close to what we do. <laughs> that is not that is not how we do. We, we, first, we do a lot of deep dives on stuff. I bring up a lot of like, factual things, and also I predicted a national championship right like three of the past well. Last year, for sure. Yeah, Shut up. you did. I, I see. I, I had it flipped. I think I had, I had Georgia winning the SEC, and I think at one point I said, "Oh, Georgia would win the SEC, but Bama will win the championship." I just had it flipped. So, you know. Yeah, I, if we ever ranked like the hottest assistants, you know, it would probably just end up being like the dudes instead of like involving like I don't know. They're not. Like, we're not barstool. Um, yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's, it's, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. So. I th- Jesse you sounded a lot like my former co-host when you just said that, so that was I probably got triggered. Well, you know, uh, Jordan Rogers is the answer to any to any one of those questions. So that's very fair. Yeah. All right, Marlo, appreciate you uh, jumping on with us, man. We'll see you next week in Media Days. Sounds good, man. All right, uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked On SEC. Again, our thanks to Chris Marler for. Joining us, uh, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Now you can go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got Locked On LSU. we got Locked On Auburn. we got Locked On Ole Miss. Whatever your school is, we got you covered. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, you can always find us on YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys next week from SEC Media Days right here on Locked On SEC.